0: Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Kristoloff. I'm editor of The Transcript, along with Eric McKay, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it's the first newsletter of the new year. So we had a full shortened work week last week, and so there weren't a ton of quotes. But still, we came into the year kind of seeing the same things that we were seeing towards the end of last year when we took a break for the winter, where we saw... Uh, Business starting to slow down, really saw a few quotes of things continuing to slow. And then the Fed is still coming into the new year on a relatively hawkish note. Eric, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the same continuation of the same trend. But what's surprising, though, is a lot lot more businesses talking about a slowdown. I think towards the end of last year, where we left it off at is that everything was cooling down, slowing down, coming down. And the start of the year is just the same. It's slow. Everything is slowing down. Businesses are slowing down. And I mean, one of the other things that for me that was notable, at least for for the Fed, is the Fed acknowledging that there might, there's a possibility for a recession in 2023. What's your feeling at the beginning of the year as we start this new year? Do you feel the same or...
0: But I mean, I think that recession odds are going to be heavily dependent on the way that the Fed is acting and the Fed continues to signal hawkishness, intend to raise interest rates. You know, Neil Kashkari talked about uh, interest rates getting to five and a half percent by the end of the year. And so as long as the Fed is putting pressure on capital markets, it becomes increasingly likely that a recession is going to happen, and in fact, the Fed may just be angling for a recession, where they, you know, the recession may be the indicator that they're actually looking for, where they can pull back. And so, as long again as they're hawkish, that seems to be. That's still my base case for twenty twenty three.
1: So maybe a bit of perspective from away away from the US is that at least in Europe, it seems like inflation is coming down. It's been a bit of a milder winter, so that feels like. Energy prices have come down a bit. It's not been as bad as many people predicted. So I think the forecast, as you can see, as 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 we as the ACB governor in that quote was talking about, that they they may get inflation down to two percent between now and the end of twenty twenty four. Pretty ambitious. Right now it's around nine point nine point six percent. It was around double digits in in November. So I think a bit of cooling down in Europe. So I don't know if that extends to the US, but that's the feeling you get around Europe. China is reopening, so I don't know what that does also to inflation in terms of demand for energy, for oil globally, and how that also plays, down, plays out to the US and all. But all in all, I think inflation, as we noted just before we went for the break, was that it was cooling down in the US. It seems to be cooling down elsewhere. I don't know if it's, it's cooling enough to stop the the central banks from raising rates. That doesn't seem to be the case so far. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, it- Yeah, I mean, one thing that I actually noticed in the ISM surveys last week that I thought was very interesting Mm -hmm. is that on the manufacturing side, the prices paid component is at 39, which would suggest that a fairly significant slowing in price increases, actually prices decreasing at a fairly significant rate. However, if you look at the ISM service index, that's at 67. So there's a big gap. I mean, there's a 27 point gap in terms of what people are seeing on the services side versus Mm -hmm. on the manufacturing side. So, you know, we have been picking up inflationary trends coming down, primarily on the manufacturing side, looking at like commodity prices and some commentary there for manufacturers. But we haven't been as much focused in on what's going on on the services side, where like labor would be a large component that could still be pushing inflation. And so that actually was the first time I realized that potentially some of the things that we've picked up about consumer spend shifting from goods to services actually may also be tracking with inflation, where you're seeing inflation still on the services side, um, which would suggest that inflation may not be coming down as much as you and I were thinking, and may mean that the Fed actually does need to stay tighter for a little bit longer here.
1: That actually does strike me as something we've not been paying attention to the past couple of weeks, because that's harder to get in terms of quotes from, from earnings calls. So I think that would be interesting as something to keep an eye on this earnings season, especially as the big banks start reporting this
0: week. I think so. And I think this is something that we have picked up. We just haven't like really highlighted it or really put the two things together. So maybe this is just something that was a miss for us. We have picked up how tight labor markets still are and obviously this is something that the Fed is looking at. Anecdotally, I was out this weekend in in Los Angeles to a couple of times to different restaurants and the city was jammed. Like it was it was noticeably busy. We're we're hosting the college football championship yep. tonight. I think. So it may be like a lot of people came in and were were out and about and at restaurants and things like that. But uh, it, it was noticeable how how crowded different entertainment restaurant venues were. I mean,
1: it's uh, something from Delta. I think one of the quotes is about holiday traffic being very strong. Also. It also feels like generally services is not apart from Southwest, which had a, a, a terrible holiday period. I mean, it seems like most of airlines have, are having an okay season. People are traveling as normal, people are spending as normal. I mean, the, the things that are challenged are things to do with the electronics and something you noted about hardware also like having a bit of a tough time. But it seems like services as a whole is doing well. There's a lot of demand. And because of that demand and limited supply, that means that the prices are up. And of course, that inflation will be a bit more stickier than say what we notice normally about that is much easier to track at the end of the day. Do you agree? By the way, one one other thing that I also noticed uh, Americans are spending on, which we picked up was also a a fries being, there being a kind of a bit of an excessive demand for fries and uh, and the fries attachment rate being the the, the rate at which people order fries as they go to a restaurant being a bit high, higher than normal and even higher than pre-pandemic. Uh, so I, I was a bit surprised by that. Are you guys that attached to fries in the US?
0: <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I can say for myself, I love French fries. So I actually am surprised. I didn't realize Lamb Weston, I've heard the name many times, should never actually look at the company. I didn't realize we have a pure play French fry company in public markets. So I think I got to maybe invest in Lamb Weston, given my own love of French fries. <laughs> at any rate, yeah, I mean, stuff like that definitely suggests that people are still spending or st- that people aren't completely pulling in. Um, but yeah, we'll just we'll have to try, attract the consumer going forward.
1: There's so many things to pick up this week, I think, and I want us to maybe pick a few here and there, and then we'll finish up, especially with Outlook for banks. So one is AI. Uh, it has been big talk about ChatGPT and how that's going to replace Google. Do you feel like it's time for Google to die, the death of Yahoo?
0: I don't know about Google specifically. Obviously, they have very significant capability in machine learning and AI going on internal to them but i think it is worth just noting and remembering that technology cycles even though we price them as if they're going to last for a very long time at their peaks in reality technology cycles are very very fast and the winner of a certain technology cycle usually doesn't end up being a winner of multiple technology cycles and you just think about it like the the best example of this may be like the VCR, VHS tapes, moving to DVDs, moving to just streaming media consumption. You know, for a good a good five years there or something, DVDs looked like they were a dominant player in media distribution. And now these are basically extinct. So You know, you can have Google as well, search and the way that the the construct of the internet, the web browser, all of this, it's very easy for that to actually go away and potentially be replaced by better forms of search or better forms of web browsing, which I think is honestly to Facebook to discredit or maybe credit. I think that is what Zuckerberg was trying to do with the metaverse was get ahead of potentially a disintermediation of the web browser, but AI certainly having a moment right now that Is likely to continue to expand it's really a significant technology
1: i think the key of course is it has been there for a while it's just like i think in the past two or three months given ChatGPT's prominence and the role it's playing in people's lives i think it's it's now suddenly come into the mainstream and people are talking a bit more about it i think amd microsoft nvidia the quotes we picked up this week are all about okay how can we leverage this technology to actually be able like to deliver services to people at the end of the day because Yes, you may have the AI at the end of the day, but like you need to use that to deliver a service which people can pay for And then that's where you generate some, you capture your profits from. So I think it's it's an exciting time and it's an exciting space for for our readers to maybe check out. We are we are actively exploring at the transcript. We can also make our 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 earnings calls readings actually better using AI. so I think that's something that we're we'll actively checking out. Mm-hmm. Something else I wanted to perhaps, I wanted to ask you about was about the weakening data de- data center demand, which is very interesting. It's something notable, which is uh, I think Micro noticed it, and I think we've picked up here and there bits and pieces of some of these companies struggling in the data center area. Any thoughts on that? And I know NVIDIA is heavily exposed to data center. 60% of their business is actually data center business. They did not talk about anything. I read the earnings calls, at least I read the latest transcript. There was nothing from the CEFO about any issues with demand. They didn't talk about demand, but Micron has kind of notified us that there may be an issue with demand. So maybe that may play out in Nvidia's Q4 earnings calls bound to happen later this month.
0: Any thoughts? No? Yeah, I, I think on AI going back to that for public markets investors, it certainly seems like two of the beneficiaries in this trend are Microsoft and NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. Um it Both of them have pretty hefty market caps and PE multiples, even after sell-offs last year. So, And there's a lot of other things going on on both of those companies' businesses. So it's hard to really have pure play in public markets, at least, exposure to machine learning, AI. But both of those, Microsoft via its investment in OpenAI and NVIDIA as GPUs being core, both would seem to benefit. On the data center side, I think yeah, it's interesting just to read comments about a decrease in data center spend. It, it, it's not surprising in, if you're going into a recession or if people are pulling back on and, that you would see weakness in these areas. But data center had been an area of significant growth and seemingly unstoppable stoppable growth for at least got to be a decade now. And so... To see that potentially reaching some sort of saturation or at least cyclical point is different from I think what we've seen for for many years for data centers. Um
1: so. yeah, definitely. So this is the beginning of the earnings season this week. So I think any thoughts on what to look out for? I know like it's the big banks reporting this week. Jamie Diamond, of course, and Mike Meyer will be facing off once again, like they do every quarter. So I think. Lots of things I mean to discuss with regard to bank. Rising funding costs, IPO pipeline is dry, so investment banking may be impacted. Of course, net interest income would be up. And something very interesting also about layoffs, I think Goldman Sachs is one of the ones which has been very open about close to 3,000 employees in the business. Thing that you're looking out for actively as to maybe head into the earnings season?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, especially for the, banks, what their commentary is on the health of the consumer consumer spending in their credit card and debit card businesses. Delinquencies, although I don't expect delinquencies to pick up in any way. Also comments on excess deposits that had built up from COVID era -era stimulus. I think JP Morgan talked about last quarter, those starting to be on the decline and probably on the pace towards normalizing mid 2023. And so we're two quarters away from potentially seeing those start to Get back to a more normal level. If that's the case, I would expect to start to see some of that dynamic happening in the fourth quarter, and more people talking about that on the banks. And that that's a big, big issue for the economy potentially.
1: So, think on that note. Maybe we close out this week's podcasts. And thank you so much for joining us this week. We're starting off the year in, uh, with a big bang. So hopefully, we want to triple and double, uh, double or triple uh, relationships. So do share. Uh, our podcast do share our newsletter and help us to grow as much as we can this year. So looking forward to the earning seasons, we'll be here to give you all the updates that you need on our podcast and on our newsletter. So check out. Thank you so much. See you next week.